Do you think you could throw a corn tortilla or a flour tortilla farther? Flour or no corn? A little corn ones. Me too. I think they're I a little think stronger. They hold their shape better. Yeah, they they keep their shape. A big flour one would just flop all over the place and hit the people <laughs> like down the down the stands in front of you. Welcome everybody to the R and R Catcast, a fan based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Time to put a bookend on the offseason. Texas Tech is a few short days away. MSU knows their starters. You got your two Ryans here ready to talk some Bobcat football. Let's get this thing going. Oh, man. Game week. Game week, finally. I'm super excited. I'm stoked. Absolutely. It's been a long time coming. Offseason was really long, but it's here. It's finally here. So it feels good to be back in the rhythm of game week. Yeah, I think we kind of learned that offseason preview, recapping stuff, maybe not necessarily our forte. (laughs) (laughs) We'll We'll get the hang of it. Yeah, we had to do it. So it was fun. So thanks for being here, guys. Just a little bit of outline for the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about the depth chart that MSU released. And, of course, we're going to preview the Texas Tech game. Uh, we'll play a little buy or sell on the back end and give you some bull predictions. Sounds good. And if you've been listening for the last few episodes, I want to get into this real quick here. Um, a fun little story about the new intro music that we've been playing. So I've been a fan of a hip-hop group called Ugly Duckling for... 10 to 15 years or so. I kind of discovered them in the middle college sometime. Uh, if you've never listened to them, they're pretty, they were a pretty popular group from the from California for a while there. I don't know if they're still too active or not, but I decided, you know what? We need some new intro music. I like Ugly Ducking a lot. I wonder if they, if I could contact them and they'd let me use some of their music in their show because there's a certain way you have to have license and stuff. You can't just play any music you want for a podcast intro. So the guy ends up getting back to me. He's the younger brother of one of the two uh, rappers, there's Andy Cooper, and then there's uh, Dizzy Dustin, and Andy Cooper's younger brother, got back to me and said that, yeah, he would love if we used his stuff, and he actually told me he played football, UW back in the 90s, and I told him, like, well, that's funny, because we both, you and I both married Cougars, and he laughed, that was pretty funny, and thought, said, like, you know, he was raised more to hate Oregon than he was anything else growing up in California, but just a pretty, pretty funny, small world, and he... I should say he knew that because he listened to part of the podcast and heard that we're from Washington. He's like, oh, you guys are from Washington. And that's when he mentioned the UW thing. But So he actually sent me an unreleased track of theirs that he said we would make a great podcast intro, he thought. And that's what we've been using. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Kevin for sending this over to us. And uh, you guys should check out Ugly Duckling if you haven't. They're one of my favorite hip-hop groups. Uh, just give them a shout out here. Check them out. Nice. It's a really good story, too. Um, and it sounds really good when you play it back when it, the show is released. So um, it, fits its, it fits our podcast perfect. Yep, definitely upped our production value. Nice. Thorny, it's that time, buddy. Time to introduce what we're drinking tonight. So I'm drinking a Devil's Hump Red Ale from the Highlander <laughs> Beer, which is the Missoula uh, Brewing Company. Have you had it? No, I just like the name Devil's Hump. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, it's kind of sad, really, because it says that <laughs> it's named after the can says, some have described the Grizzlies' silhouette as having the Devil's Hump 
but this Irish red will not frighten you with the smooth multi flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't actually read the whole thing. It's kind of funny. But oh man, you like the multi beers, man. You like the ambers, the multi beers, anything with bitterness or hops. You're just out, aren't you? I'm outy. Yeah, this is a 20 IBUs. That's a yeah. nice, nice low bitterness scale for me. <laughs> it's pretty good. I know we were, we spent some time there in Missoula. It's a real cool, kid friendly place. So it's a pretty fun place to go. So I ended up buying a six pack while I was there. Nice. All right. Well, tonight I'm drinking a tea pale ale from Big Mountain, um, commonly referred to as the TPA. Uh, Big Mountain is a brewery in Whitefish, and this hap- I have I happened to stumble upon this beer, I want to say three years ago over at the Steinhouse again in Great Falls. Uh, it's just really good. It's a really unique pale ale. It's infused with Earl Grey tea, and I think literally that is the only beer I have seen with that kind of marriage before. Um, it's really low alcohol. It's five point two percent alcohol. Again, so that um, our listeners probably really know our beer taste buddies now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I found a six pack of it, uh, here in Spokane, not even when I went back to great falls last weekend and, uh, picked it up and it's, it's always been one of my favorite beers since I've had it and it remains to this day. So I was really pleased to, to introduce it tonight. Nice. Yep. Sounds like something I might actually want to try at some point. Might be one of the few beers you've named that I might want to try. <laughs> Well, I'm just sliding it into my new R&R cat cast koozie we have. So uh, nice. That, that's cool. I that's like a good that. koozie. I'll allow that koozie. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about those koozies later. Sure will. All right. Well, let's get into the news real quick. And the news that came out this week was uh, MSU released its first death chart for the Texas Tech game. And we're going to talk about a little bit like, you know, what are surprises that we saw and some general thoughts on that. I'll let you start with that, Thorny. So the biggest, I guess, surprise to me, maybe it's not really a surprise, but I'm kind of a little bit surprised that Jason Scrimpos uh, is listed at the starter at Nose. I mean, obviously he's got the size and everything you'd want that way, but I hadn't really heard much about him in camp one way or the other, if he was impressing, if he wasn't impressing, just that. He was a physical mountain of a man. That's all I really heard. But uh, if you beat out Chase Benson for the spot, I mean, they're both going to play all the time. But, you know, he must be equally, if not as good, if you know, better than Chase Benson, which is Chase Benson, I think, is going to have a hell of a year, too. Absolutely. I, di- I didn't really, I mean, I see that. It wasn't something that jumped off to me. He is a graduate transfer, so I thought he would get some significant playing time. Whether or not he would have been ahead of Chase Benson, uh, to tell you the truth, I hadn't really thought too much about that. So that was interesting. The thing that jumped out to me was Tyree Gibson starting at right corner. I know that's probably because Munchie has that uh, injury that's sidelining him right now. Uh, but uh, when I was hearing Jeff Choate talk about him today on the presser, he gave him high praise, told him he's really matured. It's always been a physical corner. Again, he's at six foot uh, corner that is hard to come by in the Big Sky, so uh, it just proves, you know, that hard work pays off. Um, sophomore, so looking up on that end, so good job for him. I don't remember him playing in more than four games last year. Was he a special teamer? 
See, this is where I get confused. It is either him or his brother, and they're both coming. They're twins, right? Tyrese and Tyree. And if you ever seen a picture of them, uh, they look almost identical to me. One of them has short hair now. One of them has long hair. I just saw a picture of them today. Tweeted out. Uh, B.J. Robertson was doing those like first day of school kind of pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't remember which one it was. Sorry. Well, Tyrese is still listed as a freshman, so. They're now they're different classes. Okay, I was I was looking into that because I'm like, how are they a sophomore already? And then I looked and like, oh well, one's a sophomore, one's a freshman. So Tyree must have got some playing time last year. But yeah, regardless, yeah, that's definitely. I wouldn't have expected him to be the guy who would replace Munchie necessarily, but you know he has the best size out of anybody. And if you're replacing Munchie, who I think is also six, one or six foot right around the eight or size, you're going to want uh, if you're trying to get a lengthy corner in there, he's probably the, definitely the best of that bunch. For sure. And level, level price, junior freshman is, is in second right behind him. So a couple of young guys holding down the right corner. Yeah, I think, I think it's Lavelle and yeah, he's, he, he's right there too. Uh, but yeah, he's, about the same size as Tyrell Thomas, both like five eight, so definitely a little different size wise. But um, good to see Tyrell Thomas back on the depth chart too, because he played injured last year. But he's just he's just such a quintessential Bobcat under Jeff Cho, just one of the first, the right cats, if you will. And he's just been such a solid, just bottom in the system kind of guy. I'm just happy to see Tyrell Thomas back in the depth chart. Absolutely. Of course, then the other little bit of news from the depth chart would be the linebacker position, which we talked a little bit about with Shane on Saturday. So Nolan Askelson did end up winning the job, and you got Josh Hill, Troy Anderson, and yeah, those are the three besides Amandre William at Buck. What do you think about Nolan Askelson winning the job there? I'm really happy for him. A freshman making that splash in that deep group. It sounded like Callahan O'Reilly's right on his heels. Well, and so, and Blake Flovin is another name thrown in there. He's sitting third in the depth chart. So, uh, just proves that, you know, again, a freshman can play in Choate's system. Uh, typically, if I have an opinion on that, which I do, is I don't really like that as much. I kind of like the idea of sitting the freshman, you know, building that culture kind of like NDSU does, you know, where you study behind the people behind you. But, I mean, if, you, if you're the best, of the best, and 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 in case that's like this is Nolan's time, good for him. Um, I'm more concerned a little bit about Josh Hill. A little bit, uh, you know, it's just like like Choate said today. Like we just got to let him play, and you know, we'll see, and you know, keep our fingers crossed, and that uh, he doesn't have any recurring uh, injuries there. So, but good for him. You know, number 58, Josh Hill has been such a steady player, such a cerebral pr- player for us. Uh, I'm really happy. Yeah, no, me too. And any kind of any mileage you get out of him is a bonus. And I don't, I don't want him to, you know, hurt himself down the road after football by getting injured or playing more than he should. So there's always that concern. But you know, he is definitely just a different player when he's out there on the field. Size be damned, like he makes a difference. He's one of the best. Just linebackers you'll find like he just the under classic undersized linebacker who just has a nose for the ball and makes the play so it's good to have him out there but i think job with another year in the system or you're developing and then even walter 
you know, Cozy as a senior, those are two guys I think when when they do spell them, and they will spell them quite a bit, we'll be able to uh, keep up the pace. What was your just like general thoughts on the depth chart? Where are you? Uh, yeah, what? How are you feeling about it? I feel great. Like there's really nothing uh, looking at. It. Like um, like uh, the few surprises I mentioned aren't disappointments. Like it's okay. Scrimpos must be pretty good if you beat out Chase Benson for the starting spot. But I also think those guys are going to rotate heavily. So as they do in at least under Gregorak, I'm not sure if that's going to still be the case. But I think anytime you have a Jeff Choate as the head coach, there's going to be just lots of substitutions and moving guys around. And starter doesn't even mean you're going to have the most snaps in the game. So, I don't know. It seems good to me. Um, yeah, I have no qualms. I'm a little... I wasn't sure who was going to rise to the crop uh, at the tight end position, but Ryan Davis ended up winning the job there. So that was the other one I was kind of keeping an eye on. So Ryan Davis beat out Jacob Hadley for the starting spot, and Ryan Lonegren, third on the depth chart, is interesting as well. And, and now we have a fullback listed on the depth chart. What do you think about that? Did we not last year? I thought we did. I don't know if we did, but did we play a fullback? Like, was who was listed at fullback? Oh, uh, Curtis Amos was was the guy I, that I was he, always thinking. So you think he he was listed on the as the depth chart as the fullback? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, he was definitely our fullback last year. But then the funny part here is, guess who Jeff Choate nominated as first team fullback <laughs> <laughs> You're right. for the All Conference team. Neither of the two fullbacks on the depth chart. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's just it's just funny. Uh, Troy did make uh, the position uh, group on three different spots. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, he's our starting Sam linebacker. He's listed as the fourth tailback behind Carl Tucker. And then he's listed at the fourth quarterback behind Beltran. So, <laughs> there you go, Thorny. There's your Troy Anderson love for you. Yep. And the last thing I'll say about the depth chart is speaking of Troy Anderson, uh, Daniel Hardy is going to get lots of playing time because Dan- Troy Anderson is not going to go full games. So Daniel Hardy, I think, is a guy who has similar size and range as Troy Anderson. So it's pretty exciting to have a guy with uh, not not quite similar physical attributes, but like on the kind of the same level when Troy Anderson is being on the sideline or, you know, taking a breather. He's one of the most um, players I'm really excited to watch. So haven't seen much of him. And so, but just heard his athleticism is through the roof. Can't wait to see that. Well, he's a junior now, which is also surprising. That doesn't seem right to me, but a junior, yeah. By now he should have gotten the hang of any, uh, the coaching in the game. And I'm excited to see him actually get on the field and play some snaps at linebacker. For sure. One thing that jumped out to me when I was looking at this depth chart was how many dudes we have and how far we've come. <laughs> and during the time of Jeff Choate, uh, and it, I was reflecting on it when I was looking through some of the Texas Tech stuff that, you know, when uh, we were seeing their star players put out in the press, it's like, you know, we got some guys that match that. And can't say we've always had that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Saturday for many reasons, but I feel it'll be. I mean, we're going to be outnumbered for sure. They have 22 more scholarship players than we do. Um, definitely more guys that probably have uh, more skill pl- uh, skill players, as Chote would call them. But uh, we're not going in empty-handed, so should be exciting. No, and that's one thing I've been thinking for a couple weeks now. I'm just like looking at this. Like, I think Texas Tech is going to be surprised. 
fighter mentality. And I've thought that for a while now. And it's it's just like they can look at the film all they want. They can read the depth charts. They can do all that stuff. But a lot of times we see this when we play the Division Two team, right? Like, all right, their lineman is 6'6", 300. But it looks like the guy just eats pizza all day long. And he's he's like the bad 300, you know? <laughs> he doesn't. He's not like a physical <laughs> specimen 300 that you'd see at like Wisconsin. He's like... His like belly's hanging out of the bottom of his jersey, like that. so. I imagine like same thing when you kind of have an FBS fan looking down at us, like okay, yeah, sure, their Bryce Turk is six five two sixty one on the depth chart, decent size. Well, that's like legitimate decent size. Like there's absolutely no body fat on that guy. Like none of the guys, like even Jason Scrimpos is is a lean six six two ninety nine. Like these are all like they say, you know, that the, they've just looked the part. They all have that just or about them like these these are players like these are dudes that's what they look like some of these dudes are over 100 pounds more than i am it's just <laughs> when you see them they're just <laughs> they're just physical dude i i can't tell i mean when i i said it uh a while back but when we went to uh, i spoke can't or when we went to the big sky kickoff they just look print uh, these division one athletes, these do, division one football players specifically just looked. All right. Thorny, are you ready to move on? I think so. All right. Let's talk about Texas tech. Uh, first, we're going to talk a little bit about the presser that came off today from Jeff Choate, which is right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he cracks me we'll, up. Oh yeah. And then we'll give you uh, just our uh, fan based thoughts on, what we could scrounge up through our own, uh, our own research. So, what do you think about Jeff Choate today? Classic, just classic <laughs> Jeff Choate just starts rambling on about everything and anything, and the opponent just talking football, just, just like gets it off his chest. I, I feel I get the feeling that he just doesn't even like taking questions. Like maybe if I just talk long <laughs> enough and answer every possible question they might ask all in one giant blurb they don't have any questions left for me at the end you think uh, that's his strategy <laughs> i do love the the very first thing he said is the only time of the year where he has a consistent schedule so he gets to say no to people which is his favorite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> did he catch that part oh gosh yeah <laughs> first thing he says man he comes out hot too he does not stop i mean the guy he just talks and he talks fast and so I'm, I'm listening. I'm trying to scribble down things. I'm, I'm pausing, rewinding, pausing, rewinding. I but, but I, I'm just, I'm just sitting there with a smirk on my face because this guy loves it. I think Choate just loves his Monday pressers. I really do. I think he just loves getting up there and just, uh, just you know, his bravado is on full force of about his football knowledge and <laughs> he's, he just, he just plays it up. Oh, I just love listening to Choate. I, I literally probably could listen to Choate most of the day and just be content with that because I just find him fascinating. But, His uh, passion you... for the game just, <laughs> just exudes. For, he just loves football. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Um, Anything you want to mention about what he said? Um, I mean, he said kind of the same stuff you'd expect, just like an opportunity to get the Montana State brand on a national scale. He wouldn't talk on tech a little bit uh i mean other than that it was interesting i listened to both um jeff cho and matt wells this press conferences and they both had high praise for each other because they knew each other for a long time so that was a little interesting to know i hadn't really known that they were uh you know had come in contact with each other before but other than that 
I mean, just Jeff Choate talking football, a little bit about Texas Tech, and just, yeah, there's really nothing too groundbreaking or newsworthy in there, in my opinion. No, uh, the two quotes that that came to the surface for me was, the first one was that he said was, the pressure is not on us. And I think he's exactly right when he said that. You know, it's on Texas Tech. They should uh, be expecting to win this game. Uh, they're favored in this game. Um, and so, but I, I like that he said that for it. Um, I just think they're probably framing that um, to the players right now. You know, the pressure is not on us. It's on them. So let's go. Let's go wreck their day. Yeah, I like that. I like that quite a bit because it's absolutely true. Like, there's nothing to lose in the eyes of the FCS playoff selection committee. Okay, maybe if you lose 77 to 0, they might hold that against you. But other than that, they're not going to really care. And to back that up, the second quote uh, that interests me was he said, Nowhere on our pyramid does it say we have to beat Texas Tech to achieve our team goals. And yeah, so uh, I think they have a good focus on what this game means to them. And, you know, I think they're going to, I think the cats will play really well in this game. Actually, I think they will surprise Texas tech. Uh, there's a chance that we could win for sure. There's always a chance. I'm not seeing we're going to, or predicting that we are, but, uh, you know, I think uh, we're looking at it with some op- opportunistic eyes. No. And you're absolutely right. And the other thing real quick that, Kind of building off that a little bit, as uh, Jeff Cho did say, like, hey, you go against Texas Tech, you're not going to see another team like Texas Tech on the schedule. It's going to be like downhill from there in terms of like level of play you're going to have, the athletes you're going to face for the rest of the year. So that will, that's another kind of a silver lining of the game. But I agree. Like, I, this isn't a game I expect us to win by any stretch, but we're going to, I think, give Texas Tech fits, especially. They have, they're, they, you know, they're building a lot of new starters. They have a new coach, a new system in place. Well, very similar to the old system, it's still a new coach, still new terms and lingo and stuff. There's going to be the first game mistakes that every team makes. Veteran teams make less of them than others, and, and they're veteran in certain areas, but they're also pretty inexperienced in others. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup in that regard. They're ranked seventh in the Big 12 preseason poll um, between Baylor and West Virginia. Yeah, right middle of the road. Yeah. They're pretty middle of the road defense typically as well, if if that might be even being generous. Middle of the road big twelve defense, which is not a, a league known for real uh quality defensive play. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an offensive league, similar to how the big sky was for a long, long time. Big points, big passing, big yardage, no defense. Big twelve. Yep. <laughs> Do you think the heat is going to play a factor for the Cats? I don't think as much as people would think, uh, just because I think we have good depth. I think we'll be able to rotate guys in. My only concern is it will play a, uh, a factor if Texas Tech has such an up-tempo offense, which they sounds like they will, that we don't even have time to sub guys out. And that's where I get a little concerned that they're going to get heat-winded pretty quickly. But we do have the depth. If we're able to make some subs, I think we'll be able to stem any, uh, any steamrolling that would occur from that kind of um, advantage. Okay. Yeah, so I mentioned that Texas Tech is going to want to go fast. And so I think you're probably spot on there. They're probably going to want to go as fast as they can to wear us out early. 
thinking that he's going to give to us. So, yeah, they're going to definitely test our conditioning. I think real fast. How are you feeling with um, Kane Ione as the defensive coordinator? I know it's kind of a tangential thought right there, but are you having any like PTSD of 2015 coming to your mind coming into this game? Honestly, no, not at all. And I don't know why that is. I just, I guess I never really fully held him any sort of accountable for that disaster. Okay. The team was already off the rails before he took over. He didn't even get a chance to put his stamp on it. And he's learned a lot since then. So I don't know. I don't really have any concerns. I got, I'm, he's a young defensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. So he's going to have some growing pains, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near that level just because the guys we have are just such excellent players to begin with. The talent levels like miles ahead of where we were that last time around. And I also think he's miles ahead of where he was as a coach. I would agree with that. I have a little bit of concern. <laughs> just, I just want to see it. Uh, but I think he's going to do just fine. So. I think he might be outclassed pretty bad here in this game, but like all FCS coaches in particular, like, you know, just new young coaches against experienced proven guys that are going to be in the staff at Texas tech. I don't know if you're listening to uh, the Texas tech press conference, but Matt Wells is talking about like, he sees some stuff that he thinks that we do well. He's like, we already got a game plan. We're already fixing it basically. <laughs> like he's just confident <laughs> and like he sees what we can do. He's already, he's already got it going that we're going to stop it. Like it's just, it is confidence. And I just believed him completely. Like he didn't seem like he has plenty of respect. But he also saw like, yeah, we can shut these guys down. It's kind of how I read it. So yeah, it's going to be that same way on offense. Like they're they got some guys with a lot of experience running big power offenses, and they're coming up against a first time and a half defensive coordinator. So we'll see how that goes. See, I think both teams are going to play it pretty vanilla. First game of the season, kind of a mismatch. If if you're looking at it on paper, and then begs the question: if we keep it close what are we going to open up in the playbook? You know, <laughs> it's, we're such a weird, just a weird offense. Like for, <laughs> uh, for us, like people expect us now to run multiple players at quarterback and have weird wildcat packages and use Troy Anderson all over the field. Like that's not even new or surprising. No. I think most people at this point are like wondering what we're going to do with more a pro style quarterback. Like how is our offense gonna throw the ball down the field that's how normal are we gonna be (laughs) (laughs) how traditional are we gonna be like our our surprise is that which is weird a weird dynamic (laughs) i don't know how we're gonna use bombing i have no idea yeah me either at least in this game in particular yeah probably going to just limit his uh, effectiveness really probably just keep him comfortable uh joe did mention you know he's like Rightfully, he's going to be nervous. And so uh, I thought it was funny when he said, we're, we're going to get him hit a couple times and have him shake it off and go play ball. <laughs> Didn't he, Did he say it also that, uh, I can't remember, I heard it from somebody today, that you know, what if, if he throws a ball down the field and hits Cassis on a 50-yard play, you know, all of a sudden he's feeling a lot better about that. Yeah. Was that, was that Choate? Uh, doesn't ring a bell. I can't remember. I was also listening to... Uh, that two tell new on it. So maybe that's where they said it. But I mean, that's basically what I was saying uh, for my first play from the, from the <laughs> other night. It's like first play scrimmage, man. I'm just throwing a bomb to Johnson. I don't care if it's complete. So and if he completed it, man, that's right away 
Bauman is like, all right, I can complete a pass here. Worst case scenario is like Texas Tech, the def- defense thinks a little bit more about not creeping up to the line of scrimmage so much. The only thing that would disappoint me is if then we run the same script we did with Troy Anderson. And I, I don't think we're going to do that. I think Matt Miller's going to show more diversity this year. And obviously we had play sets uh, that catered to Troy back there. Uh, so I'm just looking for a little bit more diversity and uh, some more passing game for sure. So I, I asked this a little bit on the other podcast, but we can kind of come back to it a little bit. What are you doing if you're Matt Miller in this game? Well, I think you have your base calls, right? That none of us have seen yet, or we've seen few of them through the scrimmages and even in last year's tape. I do think you're probably going to see multiple touches from multiple quarterbacks. But I don't think you're going to see anything exotic. I think we're going to try to establish a run with Infonse right away. We're going to test that. We're going to pound that. We're going to pound that. We're going to run. Um, You know, we're going to put a... Troy Anderson back there. We're going to put Travis Johnson back there. Uh, and that, and those times it signals to me that, okay, a run's coming. What I would like to see is if we put either of those guys back there and they, you know, fake the run, um, all uh, kind of like Tebow style, and then pop back and then, you know, throw it because both of them have arms. So, yeah, although, you know, even last year when we, when they knew we were going to run the ball, we ran it. At will, so <laughs> uh, I, I expect a little bit more diversity for sure in the play calling, but I don't feel like we'll show anything too telling on what we're going to do for the rest of the season. No, I agree with that. And if I'm if Matt Miller and I got a new young quarterback making his first start, and even just with the skill set, like the talent we have in certain positions, I'm just going to test that Texas Tech run defense. I'm just going to don't do anything too fancy. Maybe some wildcat packages here and there, but I'm just going to run right at them and see what they're made out of. Like, of course, you think they're going to be able to handle it, but at the same time, like, you never know. Like, that's not really the kind of offense that a Big 12 team is used to facing, a team that just pounds the rock, runs the ball, but also has some interesting creative ways to run the ball, like not just handing the ball off. Like, we have some creative ways that we get the ball into our playmakers' hands that aren't passing the ball. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get anything going on the ground game right out of the gate. If we can, uh, I think we can keep the game close at least for a half. But, uh, you know, if we get behind and we're trying to run the ball, obviously it's going to just snowball on us. But I think we'll be able to keep the game close if we can get the running game going. Yep, that's my thoughts exactly. If we can gain some yards on first and second down and we're not putting ourselves in third and longs, that's a really good sign for us. And I think Bauman's going to be a part of that too, because people I think are going to be a little bit uh, surprised too with his running ability. Like we've heard it all camp. People are surprised by it, but you know, he ran for 620 some yards or whatever as a senior in high school. Like that's, <laughs> he, he can move. Like he's not going to be a guy who's going to break it for a touchdown, but he'll get you a seven, 10 yards. Like if, if he, gets around the edge and no one's there, he'll be able to do that. And he'll be able to take some hits, you would think, at his size, too. So I th- I think he's going to be able to add an element of that that people may not be expecting, especially when you look at a guy like, his, oh, six 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 seven. That guy's not going to be able to run the ball. It's Joel Flacco back there. But no, no, he can. he's got some uh, decent wheels on him. 
One thing I was, I'm hoping we don't do is what we did last year, which was run first and second down and then pass on third down. I hope we really can mix up those passes early on in the sets uh, to keep the, the Texas Tech guys guessing. Yeah, that's kind of a product of just what the personnel we had. Like if we got our, we, we needed to get to third and four or less to have any chance of getting the conversion. <laughs> If we got ourselves in third and eight. So, I mean, yeah, I could see why we did that. If it didn't work, then what are you going to do? You don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball. But uh, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see. I think outside of the running game, I think Bauman is going to be put in a position to succeed. I hope. I hope they give him, like, make your first read if it's not there. Maybe the dump down. If that's not there, just, you know, tuck it and run or get the ball out of your hands. Like, just preach. Don't hold the ball too long because Texas Tech is going to have athletes. They're going to have guys that we can only block for so long, even if our guys have great technique, they're just going to have athletes and dudes that we're just not used to seeing. So they're going to get to him eventually. So he's going to have to make good reads and good choices and get the ball out of his hands, even if that's just a slant pass or a check down to Logan Jones in the flat or something. We didn't complete many of those last year. The check downs have been few and far between with Jeff Choate, surprisingly. (laughs) And slant passes, almost nil. Yes. I know you and I, when we see a slam pass, we text each other with like happy faces and ex- <laughs> exclamation marks. We're like, oh my gosh, we hit a slant. It's great. You get over and under. <laughs> right. So uh, in my research in Texas Tech, I found one interesting, uh, I don't even, it's not even a stat. It's just a, a tradition they do. They have, a, they have a game day tradition of throwing tortilla shells uh, at opening kickoff. Okay, where do they they throw them? I don't know. I think they just <laughs> huck them like frisbees. I think <laughs> I we did that once in Bobcat Stadium when we were going to school. I I want to think it was like uh, the 2005 uh, Cat Grizz game. That uh, was the one where um, I'm pretty sure who was our running back Evan Groves. It was that game when he went off. <laughs> we were just <laughs> at least I was. I was. Somebody was passing around tortillas and we were just hucking them on the field, like tossing them as far as we could go. But this is a legit game game day tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes me sad for all those burritos that could have been. Oh, do you think they get cooked on the field or, you know, it's pretty <laughs> hot down there? <laughs> yeah, Chote was talking about the steam effect. So maybe mm-hmm. you just throw the tortillas on there, steam them a little bit on both sides, <laughs> you know, have a nice little uh, burrito. There you go. That sounds good. Why not? Can you imagine if you're the grounds crew people picking up all those uh, tortillas every game going like, man, freaking tortillas every, or every game. <laughs> it's just Or do you think one opportunistic guy just like hoards them, goes home and just flash fries them in his pan, cooks off any potential hazardous uh, shit on it, uh... and then he's got himself a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. They should just like unleash a pack of dogs in the stadium and then just like go eat them, guys. Go get them. <laughs> Clean up crew. There you go. <laughs> well, pretty much that's all I had on Texas Tech. Uh, if you want some player uh, player profiles, I would I would encourage you to go look at like Coulter's Coulter's work or uh, some of those Skyline articles. But uh, Thorny and I are not going to be able to give you too much info on no, who's good no. in, on Texas Tech. No, we're we're not real big on that. And I did do some research, and I kind of had my game plan 
to success would I've already kind of described some of it, run the ball, get success running the ball. One thing I did notice is Texas Tech really struggled in turnovers last year. They were 90th in turnover margin. Uh, if that continues, that would definitely be in our favor because we were 12th nationally last year in turnover margin. So, and that was after like not even having like a fumble recovery for like half the season. So if we yeah. can, if we continue like our second half season uh, turnover margin, we're going to be like top five. And I did also see that Utah state last year was like number one in the country in turnover margin. So uh, he pretty much brought his whole staff with him. Matt Wells did the, can't remember the guy's name, but Patterson's the defensive coordinator was with him at Utah State. And then um, it's either Yost or Host. I can't even remember. The offensive coordinator came with him too. But uh, if they're preaching the same kind of takeaway mentality, ball hawking stuff, then uh, that will definitely be bad news bears for uh, any sort of passing game we have with a rookie quarterback going in there. But um, you hold on to the ball. If we can be opportunistic on defense and get some takeaways and just keep grinding it out, I think there's a chance we, we have there. They have a lot of inexperience in the wide receiver position. They're replacing a lot of lost guys. They have that 6'6", whatever, TJ Vasher guy. That's going to be a nightmare. But we have some dudes who I think can make him think about twice about uh, just running wide open and catching a ball over the middle, namely Conkle <laughs> and namely Conkle. That guy likes to hit people. So I don't know. I, they're going to test our secondary, but there's some things here that could go our way um for sure so i think there's some things but overall i mean just they're gonna be athletes we haven't seen even if they're not cream of the crop big 12 team this year those are just guys that we're just not even gonna see again and i think it's gonna be a little too much well they're supposed to have a really good offensive line and our defensive line is a strength for us and so i'm interested in that battle for sure i'm really looking forward to seeing how our highly touted but unproven defensive line does in an environment like this. If they can have like even a modicum of success against Texas Tech, an O-line that has tons of experience and by all accounts is one of the strengths of the team, that's going to just bode really well for us coming in the season. We're going to have to rotate guys pretty regularly too. You know, we're going to have to keep them fresh, keep them hydrated. And so I'm, we're probably going to see all those defensive linemen on that depth chart. No, we'll see Amandre Williams. We'll see Kyle Finch, who's listed as backup. Dirk Marks, we'll probably see Farrader. We'll definitely see Benson. And I don't know who else we'll see. Maybe Byron Rollins to get in some. And we'll get to the point in the game where we'll probably be playing second stringers on purpose. But I'm just talking even in the normal flow of the first or second quarter. We're going to see lots of guys rotating. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm so I'm super excited to see our defense in action. I haven't been this excited about a Bobcat defense probably since like 2011, 2012. I agree. And I, I feel like it's even could be even more, uh, you know, a better defense than that team. I, I'm, I think we're going back to like the Kramer defense, like the Pete K defenses here. Now that's a bold prediction right there. I'm just saying I haven't been that excited. <laughs> just about the raw talent level of a defense probably since that era. Yeah. Pretty much across the board on defense. Across the we, board. We have deep. Yeah, we got dudes. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I hate to jump forward, but like I'm really looking forward to SEMO. Um night game, gold rush. It's it's gonna be lights out. So Agreed. All right. So 
I think that's all I have on Texas Tech. Do you have any parting thoughts? Nope. Uh, okay. Yeah, going to be a hard game. But it will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Stoked. I'm, I'm hoping I'm figuring out a way to watch it. But yeah, I'm stoked. All right. Well, Thorny, it's that time, buddy. We're going to play a little buy or sell. We're going to do some bold predictions. And then we're going to talk a little something about that golden koozie mentioned in the beginning part of this cast. So I got some buy or sell questions for you. You were supposed to do some for me, but of course, I did mine. You did not do yours, and so we're going to go. You ready to go? Ready. All right, Thorny, you're on the hot seat. Buy or sell? Throwing tortillas as a game tradition. Sell. Wasting food. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was, a, that was a fast sell. All right. I didn't like uh, it when you said it initially. Don't like it more than I thought about it. <laughs> all right. All right. Buy or sell. Bobcats will be within two scores at the onset of the fourth quarter. I could buy that. I could see that. Just Texas Tech jitters and our strong defense could lead to a slow start for Tech. Yeah, I could see that. Now you can take that two scores any way you want. So True. Yeah. All right. I've taken it to the max, 16. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, last buy or sell for tonight. Uh, buy or sell. Three or more cats will take snaps as a QB at Texas Tech. Buy that all day. Five. Five? <laughs> Serious? <laughs> okay, let's see. Johnson. Bauman. Bob. Rovick will probably get in. Troy. Cassis? Okay. That's what I, I was thinking. I don't know if Cavus Cassis will get in there, but I think it'll be four for sure. Okay. So that <laughs> that fits the three or more. All right. Thorny, you're 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 off the hot seat. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself. you on the hot seat. Oh, are you gonna ask yourself some? I came <laughs> yeah. up with some. Oh, you came up with some. I got one. I'll just give you one. Okay. Buy or sell. We rush for two hundred yards. I'm gonna sell. You gonna sell that? Uh, with a caveat, unless Troy goes for like a 60 or 70 yard route, then I think we could, yeah, I'm going to still sell. I'm interested to see if he's lost any speed putting on that 10 to extra 15 pounds. He has to have. He's Troy Anderson. Of course he hasn't, man. <laughs> he got faster. <laughs> yeah, he got faster. Exactly. <laughs> he also got All a little right. bit taller. <laughs> Bigger, faster, stronger. <laughs> Every minute, bigger, faster, <laughs> stronger than he was the previous minute. Okay, I'm going to run through. Uh, uh, right, I'm going to run yeah. through the buy or sell on my part. Uh, buy or sell fully, throwing tortillas as a game day tradition. I'm buying that because throwing tortillas in Bobcat Stadium was a boatload of fun. It, they're they're like mini frisbees, and it was really exciting. They're flimsy, but they're really fun. And it's kind of fun to watch him like careen through the air and then like side slide and like dive into the crowd and he just like whack someone. It's pretty funny. So I'm buying throwing tortillas as a game day tradition. Uh, buy or sell. Bobcats will be within two scores on the onset of the fourth quarter. I'm going to buy that. And I think uh, Jeff Choate and company, they have a game plan. And I think Texas Tech is going to be a battle. 
And I think the Cavs are going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, this might be kind of like a step for us to be kind of a nationally elite team. You know, I mean, that's a bold statement right there, but this could be like one of those NDS games or excuse me, NDSU games where, you know, we're the team shocking the, the big upset. So, uh, very well could be within two scores within the fourth quarter. And lastly, buy yourself three or more cats will take snaps as a QB at Texas Tech. Uh, definitely going to buy that. And I was probably going to put that out four. I probably should have. I think even four, I would buy that. Yeah, if I was doing it in over and under, I would have put it at 3.5. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I, I had a thought while you were talking there. Maybe part of the reason I don't like the tortilla thing is because I've been a, a referee before, and I can't even imagine trying to like run down the sideline with a, just a barrage of tortillas all over the place. You can't really throw them that far. I mean, I guess I was pretty high up, so if you were in the front seats, um, <laughs> I guess. I'm going to be looking for it. <laughs> and so I don't know if it's just like at kickoff or is for kickoff. It just said at the, at the beginning of the game. So I'll be looking for those tortillas. If I'm running down the sideline and I step on a tortilla and I slip, I'm getting up and I'm throwing a flag on the home team. <laughs> Guaranteed. Do you think uh, you could throw a corn tortilla or a flour tortilla farther? Flour or no corn, the little corn ones. Me too. I think they're. I think they hold their shape better. Yeah, they they keep their shape. A big flower one would just flop all over the place and hit the people <laughs> like down the down in the stands in front of you. Do you think uh, you could throw a corn tortilla or a flour tortilla farther? Flour or no corn? The little corn ones. Me too. I think they're. I think they hold their shape better. Yeah, they they keep their shape. A big flower one would just flop all over the place and hit the people <laughs> like down the down in the stands in front of you. All right. Uh, did you want to get into bold predictions? Let's do it. My bold prediction is that we do run for 200 yards. Okay. I think we can as a team. I think Alfonso could go for 100 himself. Do you have a second bold prediction? <laughs> I do. I don't really want to say it. What? I think, because uh, it's kind of like insulting all at the same time, but I think, I think Bauman throws more touchdowns than interception. <laughs> is that a bold prediction? That is a bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, I... I have high hopes for the kid, but that's a tough environment to start off. But he might throw zero both. They might even not ask him to do anything. <laughs> I think he throws more touchdowns than interception. Okay, well, that's good. Because my first bull prediction is we have a passing touchdown. <laughs> nice. We're thinking the yeah. same lines. Yeah, and, and I think we only have one. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'm wrong on that. So I hope we have more. Uh, my second bull prediction was we scored greater than 21 points. Well, I was looking at some lines on this game. Uh, one site had us at 15.8 points and Texas Tech as 33.8 points with the under um, 60, uh, 60 points total. Uh, right now, we are a plus 25. Uh, Texas obviously being a minus 25 point favorite. So... I think we can score more than 15.8 points in this game. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at least seven, of, if not more, would be from defensive touches. Yeah, that could be in our bold prediction. We score a defensive or a special teams touch. All right. So we will have to do a good job at revisiting, revisiting those bold predictions, Thorny, yes. because last year we did not. We made all these vast predictions, and we would sometimes talk about them, but 
we're going to do a better job this year. That's one of That's our right. goals. All we right. Have, we have notes now. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we really wanted to talk about is kind of a promotion thing we're running um, at r and Catcast is our Golden Koozie Award. So this is brand new. And uh, on a weekly basis, we're going to give out a Golden Koozie Award. Now, let me preface this with saying I order a whole bunch of Golden Koozies. If you haven't been on our Twitter account, which is RRCatCast, you, will, um, you can go on there and you can see a picture of it. We're going to give those out to our listeners. But here's the catch. You have to submit a question to Thorny and I, and we will pick our favorite question for, every, for each week, and we'll read it on the CatCast, and we will answer it, and that person will get the golden koozie. So I'm thinking, Thorny, why don't you answer on how we can submit those questions, how our listeners can submit those questions. There's two things I want to say before I get to that point. Number one, if you couldn't tell, that cowboy hat's not real. You're not getting the cowboy hat <laughs> on the picture. Number two, just because we didn't pick your question for the Golden Koozie Award doesn't mean we're not going to take your question and answer it. It's not like we pick one question. We only talk about one question. If we get a bunch of good questions, we'll read them all and answer them all, but we'll pick the one that we feel is worthy of the koozie. And you can submit the questions, Twitter. RRCatCast, you can hit us up at our email, which I don't think we've given out yet, which is RRCatCast at gmail.com. Or you could just pop in the Bobcat Nation and leave it on a kind of recurring thread there, any way you want to do it. Um, bonus points in Anchor, if you go to our anchor.fm slash RRCatCast, I don't know if many of you listen through there or not, but there's an easy way to just send a voicemail in there, a voice message. So if you ask us, uh, via voice message and we pick you, then we'll play your audio on the show and then we'll answer the question. So that'd be a fun little thing to do too. And Thorny's going to put all the all that information in our show notes. Uh, so in, in case you didn't write those down or have a good memory like myself, you'll be able to see those there. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Cool. So expect those golden koozies to be hitting in the mail pretty soon to those lucky winners. And if you would, this would be pretty cool. Uh, when you're drinking with the Golden Koozie, the R&R Cat Cast Koozie, you could just take some pictures and uh, tag us in, in the social medias that we have. That would be fun. Yeah, it would be cool to see the Koozies in different various parts of the world. Country, Montana. So, Tony, I do have, I do have to admit, I did give about five of them away you know, when I went to Great Falls last week to my friends. So, we'll see what that, happens. That's okay. Hopefully you told them to take some pictures and put it on our Twitter page. Yeah, yeah, and you will be getting one soon, and some of our friends uh, to the CatCast will be getting some soon. So, cool. I, th- I think about 20 other people have had them before the co-host of the show. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying. busy. It's back-to-school time for me, buddy. <laughs> Maybe you felt that way because all I've done for the last season is rail on koozies. <laughs> yeah. I'm so converting okay. every one of you. <laughs> one koozie at a time. There you go. All right, Thorny, hit us with the outro. What do you got? So, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. You can uh, find us any of the things I just said. You don't have to do the koozie thing. You can just leave us some feedback or give us a review on iTunes, whatever you want to do. We'll appreciate it. Right on. Go Cats. Go Cats. <laughs>